Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Meet him, greet him, treat him, and street him. Today's date is October 5th, 2017, and I am your skeptical host, Ken Milne. The title of today's podcast is No Time for Physio? Roll with it. And our guest skeptic is Dr. Steve Joseph. Steve completed his sports medicine fellowship training with the Fowler Kennedy Sports Medicine Clinic in 2017. He served with the Canadian Armed Forces as a medical officer and flight surgeon. Steve is currently an assistant professor in the Department of Family Medicine at Western University, working at the Fowler Clinic and the Roth McFarlane Hand and Upper Limb Clinic. Welcome to the SGEM, Steve. Thanks, Ken. I've been looking forward to this a long time. It's a great day. I finally made it on to the SGEM. Oh, you have landed on the SGEM, but we have known each other for a number of years because you did some of your training at South Huron Hospital, and you still cover some emergency department shifts at the little hospital that does. Yeah, I remember those days fondly, Ken, not to date you or me, but uh, it was a mere seven or eight years ago, I was just an R2 in family medicine, and I do remember the little hospital that does really set me on a track for rural emergency medicine, and actually in some ways got me to where I am today. So uh, I appreciate all of that, and I'm excited to continue our journey together. I didn't know if I should be accepting the credit or the blame with the way you said that, but I'll take it in the positive glasses half full kind of way, okay? Yeah, I think that uh, that's the best way to do it. (laughs) Well, when I came across this article, I thought, hmm, who would be a great person to have on the SJAM to discuss? And uh, why did you think of me? (laughs) Well, we've had a variety of different specialists on the SJAM. We've had physiotherapists, orthopedic surgeons, nurses, PAs, pharmacists. But you, you, Steve, had the trifecta of credentials to cover ankle sprains. Really? I've never been told I have a trifecta of anything. (laughs) Well, you're a GP. You're certified in sports medicine who also works in the emergency department. So I thought that is the perfect combination. So give us the case we're going to discuss. All right. We have a 43-year-old male presents to your local rural ED Monday morning after rolling his ankle during his usual boys weekend pickup basketball game. He's Ottawa ankle rule positive, but the x-ray shows no fracture. And we've covered the Ottawa ankle rules, or tools as I like to call them, very early in season number one of this knowledge translation project. And the Ottawa ankle rules are probably, probably the most validated clinical decision instruments that have ever been published. The Ottawa ankle rules, or tools, have been validated down to the five years of age and can be used to safely rule out ankle fractures. And these rules were created by the team in Ottawa, led by Dr. Ian Steele, who is a legend of emergency medicine. And you know what they say? Those who publish the clinical decision instruments get to make the rules. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I don't get to make many rules at this point. We'll see. This is why this case is important. Ankle sprains are one of the most common and burdensome injuries that are associated with a high rate of visits to an emergency department. Current evidence and clinical standards for acute management of simple sprains, grade 1 and 2, is limited and not well defined. This includes the role of supervised physiotherapy acutely. And there have been some smaller studies in the past that have shown elements of physiotherapy to be of benefit in the athlete population. Now, you presented a 43-year-old man who's playing a pickup game of basketball on the weekend, but it has been shown that physiotherapy can have benefit in the athlete population, and we'll put some of the links in the show notes. 
Yes, I think uh, athlete has to be taken with a grain of salt because there are many people, myself included, that will be athletes until uh, we are no longer here. However, uh, really, this, those studies uh, deal with ankle sprains in a very specific group as compared to a generalized emergency department population. So what's the clinical question, Steve? Clinical question today is, does a supervised physiotherapy program result in improved recovery from acute ankle sprains compared to usual care in adult patients presenting to an emergency department or urgent care clinic? And what's the reference for this? Reference is Bryson et al. Effect of early supervised physiotherapy on recovery from acute ankle sprain. Randomized controlled trial, BMJ, November of 2016. All right, let's run through that. Pico, what was their population? Population were patients 16 years of age or older with a clinical diagnosis of a grade 1 or 2 ankle sprain presenting to the emergency department or urgent care clinic within 72 hours of initial injury. Now, they did have a number of exclusions, and I'll list those in the show notes. Let's get on to the intervention. What did they do? Intervention was early supervised physiotherapy, and uh, we can see the attached figure, and usual care. And the comparison then was? Usual care. And we'll explain that in the show notes, what usual care for someone coming in with a grade one or two ankle sprain presenting to the emergency department or urgent care clinic. How about the outcomes? What was the primary outcome they were looking for? The primary outcome was the absolute proportion of patients achieving excellent recovery at three months. And they defined excellent recovery as someone having a greater or equal to 450 out of 500 on the foot and ankle outcome score, otherwise known as the FAOS. And their secondary outcome, Steve? Was the FAOS at one and six months. So the author's conclusions were, quote, in a general population of patients seeking hospital-based acute care for simple ankle sprains, there is no evidence to support a clinically important improvement in outcome with the addition of supervised physical therapy in addition to usual care as provided in this protocol, end of quote. All right, let's run through that quality checklist for RCTs or randomized clinical trials. The first question, Steve, is the study population. Did it include or focused on those in the emergency department? Yes, but they included urgent care patients as well. And did they adequately randomize them? Yes, they did. Did they conceal that randomization? Yes, they also did. When they went to analyze the patient, did they do it in the groups to which they were randomized? That is another yes. And how about the study patients? Were they recruited consecutively? This comes in at an unsure, Ken. All right. And the patients in both groups, were they similar with regards to prognostic factors? Yes, they were. And all participants, were they unaware of group allocation? No, they were not. And were all groups treated equally except for the intervention? Yes, they were. How was their follow-up? Was it complete? Yes, it was complete. Do you think they considered all patient important outcomes? Yes, I think that they did. And the final question is, the treatment effect, was it large enough and precise enough to be clinically significant? No, Ken, I don't think it was. Well, let's go through those key results then. They recruited just over 500 patients into the study, and the mean age was around 31 years. There were slightly more women, and about 70% were considered grade 2 sprains. But how about the primary outcome? So looking at excellent recovery at three months, there was no statistically or clinically significant difference 
between the groups. Yeah, they were looking for excellent recovery at three months, and they found 43% in the physiotherapy group had excellent recovery versus 37% in the usual care group. And that gave you an absolute difference of 6%, which was not statistical or clinically significant. How about secondary outcomes? Secondary outcomes also had no difference at one or six months, either statistically or clinically. Yeah, and we'll put those um, one month and six month, the actual numbers in the show notes so you can look at them. But again, there were no differences at one or six months. How about subgroup analyses? They did a few. They did, and one was kind of close to my heart dealing with uh, younger athletes. There was one small subgroup analysis by age, which was age under 30 at three months, had statistical significance for the intervention. Yeah, but Steve, we have to be careful about subgroup analyses because these should be considered hypothesis generating only because the study wasn't powered for these outcomes. But I'm already starting to talk a little nerdy, so let's get into that nerdy section. We've got five points to go through, and you've got the first one about selection bias. Yeah, only about one-third of eligible patients presenting with a simple ankle sprain were ultimately included in the study for a variety of reasons. Clinical judgment was used for both inclusion and exclusion of patients. This could have introduced selection bias. However, given the hypothesis that physiotherapy would provide benefit, you would think the bias would have been in favor of the intervention, and that was not demonstrated. And the second point in the Talk Nerdy section was about blinding. The patients were not blinded to their treatment allocation. They knew they were getting physiotherapy. And patients were also instructed not to reveal the allocation to the blinded research staff. However, blinding may have been broken. But you know what? Even if blinding was broken, again, just like you said, the bias should have favored the physiotherapy group. How about power of the study? They powered the study to find a 15% difference because that is what was considered clinically significant. For the primary outcome, they only found a 6% absolute difference in the intention-to-treat analysis. However, the 95% confidence interval did go up to 15% in favor of the intervention. When they did their per-protocol analysis, the effect size went down to only 2%. All right, and the fourth thing we wanted to talk about was the selection of the instrument. The FAOS is a self-reporting scale. Now, self-reporting scales have their own inherent weaknesses. The FAOS has been considered to have content validity, though, construct validity, and reliability. However, it is lacking in evidence for responsiveness. And what responsiveness refers to is the ability of the tool to detect changes in the patient's status over time. Now, there are other instruments available to assess ankle sprains, but they too have limitations. And the fifth thing, Steve, was standardizing the physiotherapy. Yes, it is good to have a standardized protocol to follow for the intervention. However, in this study, their standardized physiotherapy program did not allow the use of bracing, taping, or a multitude of manual therapies. These are often part of a physiotherapy program for sprained ankles. In addition, the true optimal dose, timing, and intensity of ankle sprain rehabilitation is not known. And Ken, I did not realize it was going to be so tough to talk nerdy. So I'm happy that uh, that's the five points, right? Yep. The the nerdy stuff is over, Steve. That's great. All right. So let's comment on the author's conclusion and compare them to the SGEM's conclusion. So we generally agree with the author's conclusions. Can you give us a bottom line then? Yes, the bottom line is that the current evidence does not support the referral of adult patients presenting to the emergency department or urgent care clinic with a simple ankle sprain for physiotherapy. 
And how about a case resolution for that 43-year-old weekend warrior? Our wonderful quotation athlete, weekend warrior, is diagnosed with a grade one sprain and is given instructions for usual ankle sprain care. So Steve, you do sports medicine. How are you going to take this latest study that was published within the last year and how are you going to apply it clinically? Well, I think this is a pretty good study to suggest that for the general population presenting to the emergency department or urgent care center, outpatient physiotherapy is unlikely to provide benefit. However, we do have some benefit in other studies looking at athletes. So it all depends. In some cases, further assessment by a sports medicine physician and referral to physiotherapy may be reasonable. I love the fact that you threw in there, it all depends. Did you do that just for me? Can I do as much as I can just for you? <laughs> because I learned that from my EBM mentor, Dr. Andrew Worcester, that it, when it comes to you know trying to answer a clinical question from an EBM standpoint, the answer is always, it all depends. But now let's take it to that patient's bedside, that weekend warrior, that I rolled my ankle on the weekend and I'm coming in on Monday morning. What are you going to say to them? I'll tell them to roll with it. You have sprained your ankle. This should heal over time. It might take you just a little bit longer than you were a teenager. Get some rest. We can give you a tensor bandage to put on to remind you maybe to behave yourself. And you can take some over-the-counter pain medicine if you like. Most patients have an excellent recovery, but it can take months. We don't have any evidence that physiotherapy can speed up your recovery. However, if you find your pain is getting worse, your function is decreasing, or you become concerned, I think it's important to state you should get in to get an assessment by your family physician. All right, it's time for the Keener Contest, and last week's winner was Simon McCormick. Simon is a consultant in emergency medicine at Rotterham Hospital in Yorkshire. He knew With Nail and I, I've never heard of that movie, Steve, was a cult movie that a character advocates for the use of, quote, unadulterated child's piss, end of quote, in an attempt to avoid a driving under the influence or DUI charge. Give us an easier question this week. I will. Uh, the, uh, that question reminds me of the Wizenator in the NFL, but we can talk about that some other time. Uh, this week's question is, who was responsible for coining the RICE mnemonic for the four elements of treatment for soft tissue injuries? Again, this is an acronym for rest, ice, compression, and elevation. It should be noted that uh, this individual has since recanted his support for the regimen. Yeah, and we didn't mention actually in the uh, presentation or anywhere through it that we were recommending rice therapy. Do you still recommend rice therapy in your sports medicine? We often tell people to, uh, to rest and, and, and elevate, but we don't specifically tell them to follow that exact protocol. We, we as well, from, a, from an evidence-based standpoint, uh, we know that there's not great evidence for it. And so, you know, it's more of a common sense approach that we, uh, we tell people to take. Well, if you know the answer to this week's Keener question, then send an email to the SGM at Gmail with Keener in the subject line. The first correct answer will receive a cool skeptical prize. Uh, Ken, unless that's me, because I don't remember season one or season two. It was a long time ago, but I did win the Cool Skeptical Prize. However, I have not yet seen the Cool Skeptical Prize. What? Are you, you're telling me this just now. Really? You have not received it? Okay, listen, because I've gotten this question before. Does the Skeptical Prize exist? And the answer is yes, it exists. I can't tell you what it is because you've got to play to win and you have to win to find out what the Cool Skeptical Prize is. But I can't believe... 
you didn't get your cool skeptical prize. I am so sorry. So our guest skeptic who comes on, they also get a cool skeptical prize, the cool skeptical prize. So it looks like I owe you two. So I'm going to make sure you get two cool skeptical prizes because Steve, they do exist. Well, like you say, I have to be skeptical of anything I hear, even if I hear it on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve, for coming on the SGM and talking about a bread and butter emergency department case. It's a little too soon for giving the tagline, but we'll get to that in a minute. Thanks, Ken. You know, it really was a good time, much better than, uh, than I anticipated. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I was really, really looking forward to this. You know, ankle sprains are a big part of Emerge, as you know, and uh, also it's a big part of what I do now. So, you know, anytime I can come and talk about things that I really enjoy, and, and I learned some things as well uh, from an evidence-based point of view, um, I'm really, really glad to be part of it. Well, I'm glad you found the experience um, enjoyable. When I talk to people about coming on as guest skeptics, and if you're listening to this and thinking, hmm, I wonder how much fun or how much work it is to be a guest skeptic, first of all, I don't pick the music first. I pick the paper first. And then I find from the canon, that huge canon of 80s theme music to find that fits with the actual topic. And then we get to do something fun like this, and we get to break a paper down, look at the strengths, weaknesses, talk a little nerdy. I think it's fantastic to have this kind of social media addressing knowledge translation so patients can get the best care. Yeah, Ken, you know what? I agree. I, I don't know where this was a few years ago, but uh, you know, I've been an uh, avid listener of the SGM and you know, it's really great to be a part of it and hopefully we can continue to knock that KT window down. Ooh, the KT window down to less than one year. Now, just a quick conference update. I'm going to be going to the CMAC. That's the S-E-M-A-C nine in Saskatoon, October 12th and 13th. Really looking forward. Hey, Paul, how's it going, eh? And then uh, also the ASMUQ Scientific Conference, October 18th and 19th in Montreal. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. for ASAP, the American College of Emergency Physicians meeting. And the rural section has a meeting on October 29th during the total ASAP meeting. And on the 29th, that meeting is between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Make sure you stop by and say hello. If you can't make it to the rural section, it should be easy to spot me in Washington while attending ASAP in my Canadian outfit. Oh, yes, it's fabulous. Steve? The final part of this whole process is for you to give the SJAM tagline. Now, I know you're a military man, you've been an officer, but you're also a sports medicine physician. So how are you going to do it? Are you going to do it as an officer or a physician? I'm off the clock today, so I'm going to go with the uh, sports medicine physician, Ken, if I can. Go ahead. All right. So remember to be skeptical of anything you learn, even if you heard it, on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Talk to everyone next time. <laughs>